Let's go to Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. Let's start in 22. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over for uh, over the fort of Jabbok. And he took them and sent them on the brook and sent over he had, sent that he had. And Jacob was left alone. Here he is all alone. And there wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and, and, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Now, you, know, you ought to get a hold of that verse. When you're wrestling with God and you're dealing with God, Put that verse in your mind. Say, God, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Let God bless you. Amen. And he said, thy name shall. He said, and he said unto him, what is thy name? He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hath thou power with God and with men and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou asked my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the place of, the, uh, of that place Penal. For I have seen God's face to face, and my life is reserved. And he passed over Peniel. The sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. It means he was limping. Therefore the children of Israel ate no more of the sinew, which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, until this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of that shrink. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We ask you to touch our hearts, touch our minds, help us be what we need to be. Lord, we just ask you, Lord, just help us to be excited about being a child of God tonight, Lord. May the Spirit of God come and rest in our lives and, and move in our lives that we are just so happy that we are heading to a place that you've made for us. And Father, we'll praise you. We'll glorify you. We give you honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. There's some things I want you to see out of this scripture. Uh, we see the nature of the dark place here. Why does Jacob beg God to bless him? Because of what he's thinking is coming after him. He's going back home. He's heading back home now. He sent word to his brother Esau. The last time Jacob saw Esau, Esau looked him in the eye and said, I'm going to kill you, boy. And Esau was one that would have done it. He would have done it. Jacob is heading back home. In verse 6 of chapter 32, it says, And the messenger returned to Jacob, saying, we came to thy brother Esau, and he also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men are with him. You, you see where Jacob, you see what's going on in Jacob's life now. He knows what he has done to Esau. He knows where he's put himself in, and then he's trying to go back home. And he sent word to Esau to his home, says, I, I'm coming home. And Esau says, I'm going to meet you, boy. 400 men. Now, if you were Jacob, right there, would you not think, he coming to kill me? He coming to kill my family? He coming to kill my boys? He coming to kill my... He's thinking everything's going to be done away with. Verse 7, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, 
And he divided the people that was with him into flocks and herds and the camels and the two bands. And he said, If Esau come into one band, company and smite it, then the other company which shall escape. He said, I'm going to divide everybody. I'm not going to lose everybody in this fight. I'm not going to lose everybody. I'm going to divide them, and everybody's going to go a different direction. If Esau comes and kills this band, this one over here lives. If Esau comes over and kills this band, this band over here lives. I'm not going to lose everybody. But he's, Jacob is very afraid. He's scared. Have you ever had those times in your life that the situation that you got yourself in or the situation that came to you when you looked at it and you knew something was brewing in the horizon. You knew there's something that's brewing in your life up ahead. You knew something was going to happen. You're thinking to yourself, if God doesn't intervene, God doesn't move, I'm not going to make it away from this. I'm not going to get out of this. This is going to be the end of me. You told, you told me, God, you told me to go back home. Now look what, look what I'm at. Look what I'm facing. God, I'd rather been there with my Uncle Laban. I've been working him and making money. I've been happy. I'd rather just stay there. But you told me to go back home, and now my brother is wanting to kill me. This is a dark place, God. God, if you don't intervene, my brother's going to kill me. Verse 9, and Jacob said, O God, my father, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac, the Lord which saideth unto me, return unto thy country and thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. He's saying, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm going back home like you told me to do. I've done everything you told me to do. God, it's not working out. It's not working out. Have you ever followed God? God tells you to do something. You follow God step by step, word for word. God tells you to do something. And then all of a sudden, it just seems like a dark place comes on. And you're asking God, God, how did this happen to me? How did this come into my life? I'm doing what you're telling me to do. You would think if I'm following God, I'm serving God, I'm walking with God, I'm doing exactly what He's telling my foot, He's directing my path, you would think that He would keep the darkness away from me. But no, we see that don't work the way you think it works. The name of the dark place in verse 22, the last word, Jabot. That, that word there means a pouring out, pouring out, to empty, empty something. Or to wrestle with. So why does God put me in a dark place? I want you to get this. He's trying to empty you out so he can put something in the place of you. God is trying to empty me out so he can fill me more of him in me. The thing about it, we fight, about, we fight against the emptiness of God in a dark place. We don't just say, Lord, I, I, I understand I'm in a dark place. I understand that you've got me here for a reason. And God always says, I've got you for a reason in a dark place. That's you can know more of me. God, you cannot know more of God when you got all of you in you. God says, you've got to empty it out so that I can fill you with the right stuff, the right kind of thing.
God is going to empty Jacob out so much that <laughs> I love this. God's going to empty Jacob out so much that he's not going to be the same when he comes out. If you allow God to empty you out, you're not going to be the same when you come out on the other side. And I thank God for that. He came out different than when he went in. God wants to pour you out and pour him into you. I want you to look at some notable things about the start place. Going back to verses, verse 24. He's alone in this dark place. And Jacob was left alone. We find he's alone in the dark place. Can I tell you, I don't like to be alone in the dark. I'm not afraid of it. I just don't like to be alone in it. There have been times in the military when I had to pull duty. And a lot of times when I had to pull duty in Germany, you go on the backside of an airfield about four and a half miles away from everybody else and you're standing there by yourself in 18 inches of snow, pitch dark. And they ain't giving you live rounds. They ain't expecting somebody to attack you, but you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's dark. He, he's in a dark place. God always puts the individual in a dark spot in loneliness before he does something in their life. The things that uh, can, uh, can comfort Jacob the most, he has sent away. His family, his kids, his servants, all those things have been sent away. Jacob is now alone in a dark, lonely place. The world of most today, don't be alone. We got social media. We got phones. I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen kids running around here four and five years old with phones, iPhones. They're talking on the phones. All the, you, you're in a situation in this world that you are never, ever alone. All you got to do is pick your phone up. There you are. I don't know if any of y'all can remember this, but they used to have rotary phones. And it was only one to a house. And if you picked it up, there was somebody on it because we were on a four-party party line. That's how come everybody knew everybody's business. They just picked the phone up and started listening. Amen. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, they in the house. My grandmother in the house got it up like this. She said, yeah, yeah. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're doing that. Don't you think they're doing that to you when you're on the phone? But see, the, the world today promotes not being alone. They don't want nobody to be alone. They don't want kids to be alone. They don't want you to be alone. But God says, I've got to get you into a lonely, dark place in order for me to do something with your life. We live in a day where we just don't want to be alone. And, and I'm not saying it's bad. But can I say there is a great value in God's economy in getting ourselves by ourselves with God. Clearing your mind. The voices are gone out of your head. 
There's no, no interruption. You got the TV off. The phone's put away. You're in your closet and, and you shut the world out. There's nothing like getting alone with God in that dark, lonely place and you hear the words of God start speaking in your head and telling you, this is where I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. And then when God tells you that, you find out that, hey, that becomes a dark spot in your life. Why? Because God's got something for you. God is never going to bring you to a dark spot that he don't have something for you in it that you'd come out with it. Amen. I can't remember what I said this morning. I thought it was so good. It just blew my mind. I can't remember now. Verse 28, he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God. He changed him. He changed him. You say, he's all alone. I find that when you get alone, that's when God shows up. And it's just you and the Lord. And you say, Lord, you said the Lord's not here, but he said, he said thou shalt, he said, uh, for the princes have thou power of God. This is the angel of the Lord. Now we told you to talk about it in Sunday school this morning. The angel of the Lord. Anytime it's mentioned the angel of the Lord in the Bible, that means that is Jesus Christ incarnated in the Old Testament. I'm telling you he, he, that the Lord wants to get you into a lonely, dark place uh, where he can just get you and him together. And it comes down to this, me and Jesus. Every time we get somewhere in our prayer closet, we come even to the altar. We want to get along with Jesus, but we're too busy trying to hear what everybody else is saying on the altar. It's the same way at home. You get in your prayer closet, and people want to knock on your door. Hey, what are you doing there? You've got to get yourself alone for God to do something with you. It's got to be that dark place. It's got to be a dark place. Have you gotten yourself in a place in the darkness and you realize it wasn't your husband and Jesus? It wasn't your wife and Jesus? It wasn't your pastor and Jesus? It wasn't me and the church family and Jesus? No, it's just me and Jesus. Can I say, can I say this? That's some of the sweetest times you'll ever have in your life. Some of the sweetest experiences you'll have in your Christian's life when you are alone with Jesus. You realize that the Lord wants something to do with you. Well, apart from everybody else, and that God deals with everybody, but he deals with each and every one of us individually. God is interested in you this morning, this evening. He's interested in everybody, but he does it on an individual basis. Each and every one of us. Amen. He's alone in the dark place. He has an altercation in this dark place. Verse 24, Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him to break in the day. Verse 25, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. What a thought. What a thought. Anybody of it, when you, how many of y'all read that before? My glasses off, I didn't see how many hands were up. How many's read that before? You read that before? Hey, man. Did it ever occur to you that God is wrestling with man? 
How in the world is man can prevail against God? It's a God. This is God. This old toothpick Jacob. He's not going. He's not going. He has not a chance. I, my mind went like, ladies and gentlemen, we have in a ring today. We get ready to rumble in this corner. We got toothpick Jacob. He worth one hundred and eighty pounds. He fought nothing, anything. But over in this corner, we got God. We'll pray for you, brother. You're going down, Jacob. You ain't got a chance. This is God. He created the heavens and the earth and the stars and the moon. He created, he, he created you. And if He created you, He can take you out. We're going to pray for you, Jacob. Jacob, you ain't got a chance. And you say, well, this is match. I'll be different with you. Bibles does not say that they talked all night long. They didn't, they didn't uh, uh, converse all night long. The Bible said they wrestled all night long. And the last time I remember wrestling was like trying to get it all up. That's the last time I remember wrestling. Aaron goes, all right, let's wrestle. Well, what did you do last night? What are you doing tonight? That ain't wrestling. That's where it's not. They, they wrestled all night each other. You see it on TV, live TV, wrestling matches. Everybody ever been to a live wrestling match? Anybody ever see Andre the Giant? Woohoo! I've been there, seen him. That boy was that boy was a big one. That boy could pick you up and snap you in half. That was a big boy. He'd get you when those headlocks, squeeze your nose till the eyeballs pop out, drop kick you. All these things come off the top rope. Bam! Take that. That's what I look like as a wrestling match. And I believe that's what they were doing. Verse 26, the reason why I believe that, it said in verse 26, let me go. In order for him to have to say let me go, he had, Jacob had to have a hold of him. There was a wrestling match going on. But you've got to remember, we're still in a dark place. It's still nighttime. It's dark. Here Jacob is wrestling with God. There's an altercation in a dark place. Have you ever been so burdened down with something in your life? So persistent about it. Something that you wrestle with God. God, I don't understand why. I don't know why you allow this to come into my life. God, God I wish you'd do something about it. And, and you beg God over and over and over. You got persistent about it. Until you get persistent in your prayer life. Listen to me, listen to me. Until you get persistent in your prayer life, praying with God, till you, that happens, you'll never have a burden in your life. When something's not right, I'm going every one of us can stand up right now and testify, this is what's going on in my life. I have dealt with it over and over and over, and God, I'm tired of it. I, I, I want it to go away. But God has not acted on it. And you're still in that dark spot, and you're wondering why, because we haven't been persistent in our prayer life with that. 
Continue to pray about it. There's a desperation in this altercation. It's a dangerous, a dangerous fighter is one that is desperate. Listen to me. A dangerous, the dangerous fighter is one that is desperate. Or one that has nothing to lose. I looked at Jacob. Jacob absolutely has nothing to lose. His brother's coming to kill him. He's done, the family's done split and gone two different ways. Jacob has absolutely nothing to be afraid of, nothing to lose. Verse 25, when he saw that he prevailed not against him. When, when the, angel, he, the angel looks at him and says, I can't beat this guy. I, I can't beat you. So he reached out and touched the hollow of his joint. As he wrestled with him. And watch what happened. He said, let me go. And he said, I will not let you go. He has touched Jacob. Now get this, they've been wrestling all night. The angel has not prevailed against him. Uh, Jacob was just holding on. He's got it doing everything. And then he reaches out and touches the hollow of his thigh. And, and he's, he's lifting now. He can't push because that leg is gone. He says, I will not let you go. I see Jacob now. He's been wrestling with him up and up, but that leg is gone now. So he's done slid down to his feet and has wrapped his arms on his feet and says, I am not going to let you go when you get desperate enough when you get down to the point that hey you got nothing else to lose you're going to grab hold God you said I'm not going to let you go I'm not going to let you go Jacob's fought with him all night and he's got him by the legs I will not let thee go except thou bless me he touches his thigh now he can't fight anymore but he says, I'm going to hang on. I'm not going to give up. Now, can I say sometimes when you're in an altercation with God, you're in a dark place, you're begging God, you might not be able to fight, but just hang on. Just hang on. Don't give up. Don't throw in a towel. Don't quit the church. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop hanging on. Until God does something problem with most Christians today when we start wrestling match with God when they get hurt like Jacob when God touched him they got hurt that's most Christians we need to be more like Jacob I imagine it being hurt. I imagine that. But Jacob says, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. If I don't prevail here, if I don't win here, my brother's coming. And I know what he's going to do to me. I will not be here. Either way, I'm not going to be here. So I'm just going to hang on to him. That's what we need to do. Start hanging on to God when things are going on. And there's a dialogue in this altercation. They talked. For the most part, when you're fighting, there's no talking. I found that out when I fought. You don't stand there with gloves on, punching guys. Did you have a nice break again? Oh, no. I got a date coming up this week. There's no talking going on in a fight. You're trying to win a fight. But they have a dialogue going on. Verse 27, he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. 
Now, after this point, and we touch, he was touching 26, after this point, we don't see where Jacob is holding on to him anymore. He's not holding on to him anymore. So why did this, why did this stop the fight? <laughs> it, it, I wrestled with this myself. Why did it stop here? He says, what is thy name? 20 years earlier, Jacob walked into his blind daddy's bed. He said, who is this? Esau, thy son. Give me thy blessing. Jacob lied to him. Jacob knew who he was, but he lied to his daddy. I believe that Jacob knew that God was getting to, getting to him to admit who he was. Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver. You can lie to your daddy, Jacob, but you cannot lie to me. Jacob wants to be blessed. But he does not get blessed until he admits who he is. You're not going to get blessed until you admit who you are. You're not a super Christian. We make mistakes. We are sinners saved by grace. You're, you're not going to get blessed by God until God says, Admit who you are, Lord. I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes. I fail. I've got failures. God, you see who I am. I am admitting to you that I am nothing but a rotten sinner. That's all I wanted you to say. I want you to admit to me who you are. And God is telling us tonight we need to admit who we are. He changed the description. Maybe you'll go into darkness faithless and come out faithful on the other side. God uses the dark places to change the life. And well, like I said earlier, he comes out on the other side different than what he would on any side. And God changed the name of that place from Jabah, verse 30, and Jacob called the name of that place Penal, for I have seen the face of God, and my life is preserved. Peniel means the face of God. God puts him in a dark and empty place so we might see him. He empties out of ourselves that he might fulfill us with his glory. He changes his name. He's no longer the same. He's no longer Jacob, the deceiver, the supplanter. Now he is Israel. He's Israel now. His days were altered. His life had never been the same. And I'm telling you what, if you get a hold of God, your life will never be a change. In verse 31, he passed over Peniel. The sun rose there on him, and he halted upon his thigh, and he limped. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew and shrank, which is in the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of that shrank. Notice Jacob is walking with the limp. Now I want you to get this, and I'm about done. He's relying on his own strength going into the dark place. He goes in with this attitude, I'm, I'm doing it on my own. But he comes out on the other side limping. <laughs> he, 
He went in and relying on his own strength. He's coming out and said, God, I need you. I need your strength. I'm not going to make it without you. You've got to carry me, Lord. I need you tonight. He turned his mess into a testimony and praise. What you think is a mess when God puts you in a dark place, God uses it to bring him the glory. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, it says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both his sons, Joseph, and worshipped, leaning upon his staff. God touches areas of our life so that we learn to lean on him. Jacob saying, I, I sure do hate that buttermilk. I, I sure do hate that lard. I sure do hate that white flour. But God, I sure do love what you made of me. All those years, thing was against me, mixed me up, and I was in a dark place after dark place. But God, I'm going to worship you. Lord, look what you've done to my life. Everything is for my good and your glory. Bless your holy name. You may be fighting some dark place tonight, thinking it's the worst thing that's ever been in your life, thinking it's the worst place you've ever been in your life, saying, I hate this, I hate this, I don't like this, I don't like this. Start thinking it this way. Lord, you're going to touch me in this dark place and I'm going to come out a different person. My life is never going to be the same when you touch me in that dark place. Has God touched you in a dark place? Has God brought you to a dark place tonight that you may get touched by God tonight? Amen. Amen.